you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Welcome to today's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are so glad that you are here with us today. I am your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I am joined each and every week by, he's not only our founder, he's also our editor-in-chief, and that would be one the one and only Rick Stevens, my wonderful co-host. How are you today? I have to say that was one of the strangest pre-shows ever <laughs> if we had a patreon account we would i know say, patreon I know. Sus- subscribers maybe we'll let you listen to it but no we don't which means none of you will ever know but i think it's a lack of sleep thing and and that's saying something because i'm used to um not getting sleep but um this the condensed schedule and uh, some of the extra things we're doing. One of the one of the the new partners um, that we we have and and uh, I sent an email last night. I got a reply this morning. Said, you know, blah blah blah, and answered my questions and everything. And it ended. The email ended with, and what the heck are you doing up at three twenty six a.m. Mm. Yeah, working. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday, um, I had I covered a. Um, Like, I'm still recovering from the weekend. Saturday, I had a Flyers game to cover at 1. I had a Laval game to cover along with a TSN 690 hit in the middle of it at 4. I had a Phantoms game to cover at 7. And I had the Montreal Canadiens game at 10. (laughs) There's a prize there somewhere for... Like... I, it was like an out of body experience by the time I was halfway through the Phantoms game. And that means, you know, that's like for two of those games, that's live tweeting the game on our AHL report and the Flyers report accounts. Um, for two of that's game, two of those games, that's writing the full game recap. For one of those games, that's doing all of the the stats and template and video highlights and all that kind of stuff for the recap and then and then getting information for the game summary and and post game audio from from Chris G for the Laval game oh my. and then oh and then the Flyers had a game on Sunday so yay well Habs are home this week till <laughs> through Saturday but starting next week for about a week and a half they have six games out west. Um, yeah, I'm taking and, a week off from Habs coverage. Sorry, and, boss. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> one of those games is the Vancouver game with an 11 p.m. Eastern start. I'll be um, sleeping. Yeah, 12:30 Newfoundland time. So it's a little tough for uh, our dear friend. That's all you, Joseph Whalen. You're the night owl. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm up against Joe in in uh, in uh, our fantasy hockey league 
all Habs fantasy hockey this week after I dispatched I can't cheer for either of you because we're not talking about last week because you crabbed and cried all week about how I don't have any goaltenders I have six goaltenders and none of them are available to play and I'm not going to reach my minimum this week oh and then you miraculously met your minimum and you beat me miraculously on Saturday and Sunday I did whatever Whatever. It's fantasy hockey. But hey, I um I won six bucks on DraftKings last week. Nice. So That's great. In one ma- I, <laughs> I I I lost money too, but uh I'm still playing on free money though. I am still playing on free money. Well and- you got a little um little recharge of your account. I uh- did. I had an email. They were like, Hey, do you want twenty bucks in free credit? Here you go. I'm like, Hey, thanks. So that's the free yeah, that's the free money I'm playing on. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad at all. And I won six bucks last night, so. All right. So you've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come (laughs) pretty much every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. More than the $6 I just said. This week is uh, jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. You just draft your lineup, and uh, oh, you know, you'll feel the sweat like you haven't before as, as you're keeping track. Every moment does mean more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out $6 to you and uh, <laughs> over $7 billion to the rest of the users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all of the action. And uh, now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And in fact... Um, you hear us talking about this. Uh, if you listen to a past episode of the podcast, you heard uh, Rick and I and our colleague Mike Rashel talk about this. But if you go to allhabs.net, I wrote a little article about it this week talking about, uh, it's basically called, uh, you know, Game On, a rookie's review of Daily Fantasy. That's a great article. Thanks. Um, and it just kind of gives you the the quick and dirty of my fantasy sports background and then just jumping in and trying out DraftKings using that promo code THPN uh, since we are now affiliated with the Hockey Podcast Network and as such, uh, DraftKings is uh, a sponsor um, and talks about how easy it is and whether or not I liked it. Hint, hint, I have so far. Um, And uh, all that kind of stuff. So go to allhabs.net and check out that article if you've ever been curious about it or, you know, maybe you do sports book, but not daily fantasy. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's for intro. Yeah. It's for um, folks that have heard us talk about it and are a little bit intrigued, but don't quite know what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and you describe your, your experience perfectly and, and uh, how to get involved. Absolutely. So uh, I encourage you to go check it out. But that would be after you listen to this podcast, because we've got a lot to talk about. Um, in full. Absolutely. In full, yes. There will be a quiz. In our first segment this well, week. Well, I, I, I say in full because the I'm a little 
little stoked about the um, you know you usually do the the feel good the feel good finale and mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of my thing this week. It so is. You got to listen right to the end. You do. Um, in our first segment, we do alternate which of the two teams that we cover that we hit first. Last week we talked about the Flyers first, so this week we are going to talk about the Canadians and the Laval Rocket. Um, now that there's just about a week. Uh, having passed since there was a major coaching shakeup behind the bench in Montreal. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, We've got some audio from Joel Bouchard about Gianni Fairbrother, who just signed his entry-level contract. Um, There is a veteran from the Laval Rocket who is no longer with the team. We're going to hear from Joel Bouchard as to who that is and why. Um, and, And talk a little bit about how the coaching changes in Montreal are now affecting the Laval Rocket. Then in the second segment, uh, Flyers fans, Lehigh Valley Phantom fans, you are going to want to be sure that you don't miss this. We're going to talk about the Flyers getting back to the win column this past week uh, and what this week has in store for them, as well as how the Phantoms have been doing. They've been leading the North Division uh, since the beginning of the season, and uh, they've had want to say a pretty easy time of it but the points have been coming steadily for them so what happened when they faced off against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins last weekend we're going to have that for you um, as well as some audio from Scott Gordon uh, with some really interesting insight on um, the the patience required we, we talk about patience being required when you're developing goaltenders but Scott Gordon talks about the patience required in developing young defensemen and um, some of the challenges that come along with uh, developing prospects in that role. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, we've also got some audio from this week's um, AHL star, Max Willman, uh, as as well. So you don't want to miss that in the second segment. And then finally, in the third segment, we go around the AHL. Uh, we give you this uh, the monthly award winners for the AHL for the month of February. Uh, we have a really fun story for you coming out of Henderson uh, with the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, and then, yes, as Rick alluded, there's a pretty fun feel-good finale that he's going to tell you all about that you really don't want to miss today. That's a show. Uh, it is. That's a show. So let's dive right into it, Rick. We are almost a week into the Dominic Ducharme era in Montreal. Um, and what's your uh, report card assessment uh, six days in? Well, listen, I, I think, um, you know, there's there's little things that, that uh, you notice, little changes, mm-hmm. uh, small changes. He's, he's wanting the team to... Um, you know, it was it was a little controversial. Claude Julien's um, a zone kind of uh, defense that um, Carl Alsner had trouble with. Uh, mm. Joel Edmondson had trouble with, um, and he's gone more to a, a, a man-to-man style that's more familiar and uh, that brings uh, players closer to the puck. Uh, so better gaps. They're closing the gaps. They're also closing the gaps between. Um, Canadians players. So uh, he's having them play a little bit tighter. And uh, we saw uh, against the Jets uh, that that was probably one of their better defensive efforts of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, absolutely. Now, 
as far as uh, as being able to create offense, um, yeah. I haven't got there yet. And <laughs> um, and the only goal that that they got uh, against the Jets on Con- Connor Hellebuck was a quirky kind of goal. As uh, Hellebuck said, uh, he stops that ninety nine times out of a hundred. This time, uh, Suzuki got uh, the goal from behind, beyond the goal line. Um, yeah. But um, so so creating the offense, the kind of of support uh, that uh, Ducharme wants to create, not not there yet. Uh, but tightening up the defense is a is a big uh, improvement. The I, I guess this is this is um, it, it's not so much about uh, Ducharme and his changes or his new strategies or his personnel choices. It's about uh, the obvious disconnect between the players and Julian. That was evident prior to the the decision uh, being made uh, to fire Julian, uh, and even more so now, uh, as glowing as as uh, players are talking about Ducharme. You know, it's not about Ducharme. You know, it's it's kind of um, against uh, Julian. It was it was clear that. Uh, he had lost the room that the players wanted to go in a particular direction mm-hmm. and um, and Julian was that impediment. So uh, now with him out of the way, um, the um, the players are are a little bit more unified. They're playing better and um, haven't, I mean, Ducharme's on too, but uh, let's see what will happen this week if they can turn that 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 unity into uh, into wins well that's the thing right he's they're owing to in in under the ducharme helm um and this week they play ottawa again tonight which has been their absolute kryptonite this this year so far and then two more games against winnipeg um so i think tonight is going to be a big test uh the game against ottawa um you know it's Someone asked Ducharme in the in the press conference today. You know, how do you how do you neutralize Brady Kachuk so that he can't play the well? You you can't. You just you have to learn how to. You know, and Ducharme kind of said that. Like, well, it's not about making sure that Brady Kachuk doesn't have room to play the way that Brady Kachuk plays. It's more about getting the Montreal Canadiens to play the way that they're supposed to play, so that Brady Kachuk isn't a factor. Um, and I think that's going to be all eyes on that tonight. Can they, can they contain um, the Ottawa senators who have, yes, they're still at the bottom of the division, but Rick, they are, they're chugging along. They beat the, uh, they, they put a hurting on the Calgary flames last night. Um, And uh, we'll see, you know, it's Carrie Price, thankfully in net tonight. Glad to see that uh, Ducharme isn't bending to that pressure yet. Um, you know, he says that he's been pleased with the off-ice work that Price and Stefan Waite have been doing this week. So I think, I think you know, tonight of the three games this week, they're all important. I think tonight is is kind of like a, I don't know, it's going to be a bit of a measuring stick. For sure. And, and this was never about goaltending. I mean, no. uh, nothing against Jake Allen, but he's lost his last three starts too. The Canadians just two wins in their last 10. Defense. Um, it is. And and uh, you mentioned Calgary. They've been really struggling, but they're only one point behind the Canadians for that last playoff spot um, in the North. So, um, you know, n- now the Canadians have a home stand, but they haven't been very good at home. Um, just three wins and eight. Uh, so now's the time. 
this is the time, uh, starting with the Ottawa game, to turn it around. I, I'm gonna just going to toss this out there because I said it anecdotally um, at at one point in this past week with the coaching change and whatnot. You know, they're they're struggling with defense, which I will say credit where credit is due. Rick, you have been saying that even when the Canadian at the beginning of the season when the Canadians came out hot as a lightning rod and everyone was calling them the juggernaut you said i but i'm not liking some trends that i'm seeing on the defense even though they're scoring all these goals um but anecdotally i said this past week huh it feels is is it just me or is it a complete coincidence that all of uh, all of this downward slide really seemed to happen once um i don't know victor meta's agent made a fuss and suddenly Victor Meta was in the lineup and you were breaking up Kulak and Romanoff and that whole debacle started. It's about the same time. It, you're right. Um, and it's because up until then, there the, the, the team's kind of making hockey decisions. That wasn't a hockey decision. It wasn't a hockey decision. And, uh, and it kind of upended Romanoff as well. He was yeah. full of confidence up until that point. Then he had to sit out and... Uh, you know, in his head, must have been wondering, what did I do? And then when he got back to the ice, wasn't quite as good, uh, trying to do too much. So, and and as you said, everything just kind of snowballed from there. It's sub- it's a subjective thing. It's speculation. It's just one of those things that makes me scratch my head and say, were those two things coincidental in the timeline? I don't know. Maybe they were, but it's some th- it's food for thought. Let's put it that way. Um. Speaking of defensemen, however, uh, there is a new contract on the roster for the Canadians. Gianni Fairbrother, having um, just recently headed back to uh, his WHL team, um, has signed his three-year entry-level contract uh, after playing three games with the Laval Rocket this uh, this this season, um, and. You know, he plays for he plays with the Everett Silver Silvertips. He had 25 points in 37 games last year at 20 years of age now um, and then missed the second. <laughs> that's the amazing thing is that was only the first half of the season. The second half of the season, he unfortunately missed due to an upper body, upper body injury and, and he needed surgery. Um, so this week um, I asked. Joel Bouchard, okay, you've talked a lot about Gianni Fairbrother um, in 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 the past week or so. Now that he's been playing with Laval, but now that he has signed with the Canadians, uh, tell us your thoughts on it. And and this is what he had to say. Uh, the good news for Giovanni and for us is usually we we have to sign player before they come play for us. So it's hard sometimes to know how they're going to be when the lights get a little brighter. It's really hard. If it was, you know. If we could play them before the draft or before signing them for a few games in the American League, that would give us a lot of way to handle the game. I thought that's where he really stepped up. He really handled uh, the American League uh, really good. Um, you know, he, uh, he's a man. Uh, and I thought that he adjusted when we talked to him about a few things we want him to look at, paid attention. So... It- Glowing, glowing commendation from uh, Joel Bouchard. In fact, last week he said that um, he used the analogy that uh, at development camp uh, last year, it was kind of like Fairbrother left his business card on the table for them. Bouchard said that he and a number of the coaches 
um, at development camp uh, said, kind of, you know, nudged each other and said, oh, this Fairbrother kid's got something. Um, he's he's making us take notice. Um, so I like the comments. He makes an impact on the ice, I think. And and uh, listen, he wasn't perfect. Um, mm-hmm. He, uh, a bit of a, I think I said, uh, bull in a china shop kind of thing. He <laughs> yeah. was um, he was chasing hits at the beginning. and, and um, But after three games, he settled down. He looked pretty solid in his own end. He was moving the puck. Um, he looked great, um, and he had that that audition, as as it were, mm-hmm. uh, while the the WHL was not playing. Now that they are playing, he's back to Everett, and, and uh, we'll take that experience, uh, that very positive experience, uh, to further develop his his skills. Um, and now he has uh, a brand new entry level contract in his pocket. Nice and shiny. Uh, speaking of contracts, however, uh, one new contract for the Canadians, one less contract for the Laval Rocket. Um, when news came out on the same day, earlier the same day, um, that Kevin Lynch, uh, that the Laval Rocket and Kevin Lynch mutually came to an agreement to terminate his contract. Um, and I think this one really caught a lot of people off guard because Kevin Lynch is one of Joel Bouchard's go-to guys. He he can't, particularly on face-offs, he likes to use him a lot. Um, he's played mostly on the fourth line uh, this year. You know, he's spent a lot of time in the ECHL and, and has, has recently, you know, started to, to find a, you know, carve out a spot for himself uh, in the AHL, but Joel Bouchard really relies on him for faceoffs. likes likes his attitude off the ice, likes his attitude around the other players. So um, it was a big head scratcher why suddenly there was this mutual contract termination. So I asked Joel Bouchard, what's the deal? And here's what he told us. Listen, I had a lot of conversation with, with Kevin's. I think you guys know uh, how much we like him as a person, as a player. That's mm-hmm. why he resigned with us. Um, we have a mutual respect, a really good relationship. Um, but I mean, I cannot go, uh, uh, you know, on a selfish route as a coach, especially now with COVID, with everything. Uh, you know, he's got two small children. His wife is pregnant. They're American. Uh, we have 28 games left in the season. We're not going to play for a little while. His family has to go back. So without getting into too many personal situations with him, it's a reality. And you guys don't always know the reality, but there's nothing, obviously, that happened between me and Kevin, obviously. Uh, it, it's just a matter of COVID and, and the reality of 2021 uh, for him, his family. And, and um, you know, it's it's just what it is we know we're playing uh, we, like i said we have 28 game left um we're going to be on the road for uh for almost three weeks um you, you have to realize uh everybody every personal situation is different and i think rick that's the you know we talk about hockey we're, we're into the habit now and the routine of, of talking about the x's and o's of hockey every day and every week but but there is this big overarching cloud of we are still smack in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic and it affects players in ways that we don't even think about sometimes behind the scenes you know Bouchard's talking about here how Kevin Lynch has two young kids his wife is they're expecting a third um and I guess I'm guessing extrapolating from what he says there that that 
that his wife and the kids need to go back to the U.S. and with the rocket about to go on the road for about three weeks, maybe that wasn't the ideal situation. Um, it's really unfortunate how how hockey is is just kind of turning turning everybody's world upside down these days. Well, it's um, yeah, right away you wonder if there's a, a hockey reason, but uh, obviously in this case it 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 is not. It's it's uh, it's personal reasons that the decisions were made. Um, you know, it's it's a short season. Um, and was it worth it to him to uh, continue? And 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 we know that the um, the Rocket have extra players. So mm-hmm. uh, and and with the veterans rule, the, the vets are rotating in and out. Um, so how many games uh, would he have played? Uh, and is his place better spent um, with his family? And 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 that's what happened there. Uh, for the for the um, you know I've 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 uh, jumped on Kevin Lynch not not on Kevin Lynch himself but on no. on the usage of Kevin Lynch right. in the Rocket lineup last year this year. Uh, Kevin Lynch is, you know, he was drafted in 2009 by the Blue Jackets. He's he's not a prospect anymore. He's 29 years old. He's um, he's a, a I was going to say an AHL vet, vet. He's not really. He's a he's one of those tweeners. He he's he's his career has been equally split between the ECHL and and AHL. Did Joel Bouchard use him uh, too much? Yes, of course, way too much. Uh, he relied on him for uh, for uh, faceoffs, um, and that took away from uh, last year. It was Ryan Paling that didn't get the 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 faceoff practice because of Kevin Lynch. This year, it's been a number whether it's Vedemo or or uh, Meshack or and um, last week it was uh, a line of Kevin Lynch and Michael Pozzetta and and Jan Meshack and uh, Kevin Lynch is in there for you know he's the, the the face-off guy, he gets tossed out of the face-off, and it's Michael Pozzetta that goes in. And poor Jan Meshack, <laughs> he's the prospect. He's the guy you want reps. Um, so does this open up opportunities? Yes, it does. Did, does Laval still have plenty of, of vets to be able to um, you know, provide the example, provide the veteran leadership? Uh, and to cycle in and out of the lineup, they do, and uh, so this this is something I think that benefits um, both the player and and the club in this instance. I agree. Um, one last thing here, we talked, you know, about how um, there's obviously the coaching changes in Montreal. One of those being that Alex Burrows was promoted from uh, assistant coach in Laval to being an associate coach in. Um, in Montreal. And so that leaves a hole uh, behind the Laval bench, which for the last week, uh, Frankie Bouillon has been, has been filling that, that role. Uh, You've seen him behind the bench for the last few games uh, against the Manitoba Moose last week. Uh, And I, I started to ask Joel Bouchard, uh, you know, so there's probably a, a, a search underway and, and it's one of the few times he's actually cut me off this season. He had a very emphatic, nope, 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 nope. He says uh, that there is not currently a search going on that between the quarantine protocols and the shortened season, probably also a little bit of the fact that they are going to be on the road for most of March. He said, is it really worth it to try to go out and find someone 
get them through all of those protocols and then and then get them incorporated into the system. Not really. He said it's a ton of work. Uh, he called his other assistant coach, Dan Jacobs, uh, a workhorse. Uh, and that and that, you know, between he and Jacobs, they will split uh, as far as the tasks and the and the off ice duties. Uh, Marco Marciano will help out as well. He even said that he's uh, probably going to have some of his veteran players help out with that kind of stuff uh, here and there um, to fill in. So uh, Rickett does not – he said, of course, you know, will could it change? Maybe. But, but for Joel Bouchard right now, he says he's not actively searching to replace anyone right away. Uh, Frankie Frankie B was uh, was a body that that they brought in, but but uh, we recall um, when uh, Francis Bouillon did his uh, in, in, just in the end of the off season, he did a media availability for the Canadians. He said that the Canadians want him. He's he's part of the development uh, coaching crew. Uh, want him to focus. He was asked a question about one of the European. F- uh, players, and he said the Canadians want him to focus on North American players, prospects in the Canadians organization, and defensemen only. Uh, the vacancy, as it, as uh, as it is uh, for the Laval Rocket, is to to deal with the forwards. Uh, Daniel Jacobs already uh, deals with uh, with uh, defensemen, deals with the, the penalty kill. They need somebody to work with the forwards, work with the power play, as Alex Burrows uh, did. Um, I, you know, is it all of the things that, uh, that Joel Bouchard, uh, described? Absolutely. Is it one more thing? Probably. And that is, uh, that I, I think he probably has someone in mind, Joel Bouchard, whether it's, uh, when he's behind the bench, whether, whether he, when he was in junior hockey, uh, with the rocket, when he was, uh, an analyst for three years at, at RDS, he works with his friends. He works with people that he likes, that he like, that he knows well. And uh, I think there's probably someone he has in mind who is gainfully employed right now and uh, won't be available to the off till the off season. So uh, I think that's what's going on there. That there will be somebody appointed, uh, somebody he knows, somebody he's used to, uh, somebody he likes uh, who will um, be able to uh, jump ship uh, come off season. Time will tell, and we will be anxiously awaiting to find out who that's going to be. Uh, Right now, we are anxiously awaiting getting to our second segment, where we are going to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, along with some great audio from uh, Phantoms head coach Scott Gordon and uh, forward Max Wellman. So we're going to take a quick break. Don't you go anywhere. And when we come back, we are going to do just that. Don't go anywhere. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. 
Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. Welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, we just got done wrapping up talking about the Montreal Canadiens and uh, the Laval Rocket. If you want to follow our coverage, uh, whether that's uh, live in-game uh, tweets or game recaps uh, or notepad articles from from Chris G, which are kind of like a weekly summary of of all the latest news and tidbits. Uh, then you'll want to be sure you're following us at the AHL Report on Twitter, and for that matter, follow Rick at All Habs for uh, the Canadians' uh, coverage as well. Uh, this segment, however, is dedicated to our Philadelphia Flyers and Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans. And, you know, we we did say, Rick, last week after uh, a beautiful but disastrous <laughs> game for the Flyers in Lake Tahoe that it wasn't time to hit the panic button yet because we wanted people to keep in mind, um, look, most of their their top six core are out of the lineup because of COVID-19. Uh, they're starting to trickle back in as they come off the, the, the reserve list. Uh, if the Flyers are still having this kind of luck and this kind these kinds of performances in another week or two, then you can hit the panic button. But let's let them get the guys that, that are kind of the, the glue back in the lineup and see what happens. Well, what happened? They've won all three of their last games. Uh, Brian Elliott uh, backstopping them to a win against the New York Rangers. Brian Elliott then uh, also backstopping them to a 3-0 shutout over the Buffalo Sabres this weekend. And the very next day, Carter Hart doing the exact same thing in net uh, 3-0 once again against the Buffalo Sabres. Um, you should never drop Carter Hart in fantasy hockey. You shouldn't. That <laughs> happened in our league. It did. And we're not going to talk about what Joseph Whalen did. That's right. We're not talking about it. Um, so, yeah. So, so first of all, I will say Carter Hart in his first outing since that game in Lake Tahoe uh, on Sunday afternoon, coming on the heels of two solid Brian Elliott wins and a, and a shutout, um, he looked locked in. Uh, three nothing shutout for Carter Hart as well. He made key saves when he needed to. He looked calm. Uh, he was tracking the puck well. Um, and you know we've we've said before he's a very he's a very mature minded uh, young goaltender. And it seems that the week that he took to kind of refocus and reset seemed to work for him. For the Flyers, 
they've got just about everybody back in the lineup. Travis Konechny, finally, the last straggler, came off the COVID-19 list on Sunday. He is slated to be back in the lineup tonight. Um, that'll be, uh, I want to say thank you to, I believe it was Bill Meltzer in his uh, article today mentioned that I think that's the, this will be the first time since, I don't know, like the second game in the season that the Flyers have had their actual full roster because Shane Gossespierre was was on it towards the beginning of the season. Um, as players like Giroux and Voracek and uh, Justin Braun and Scott Lawton uh, have come back into, into the lineup, and Oscar Lindblom, oh my goodness, Oscar Lindblom, um, they have been contributing, Rick. It's the, the, the chemistry is there. That gelling is there. They're playing a better defensive structure. Um, the power play is, is working. JVR is, uh, now has 10 goals on the season. He has a four game point streak. Sean Couturier, since his return from injury is on a career tying high of a six, six game point streak going into tonight. So things are working. Um, I'm a little concerned though, Rick, because, you know, today it was announced that Sidney Crosby has gone on to the COVID-19 reserve list. The Penguins morning skate was canceled as a, as an ounce of precaution. Um, and so the Flyers start a three game road trip in Pittsburgh, three games in Pittsburgh starting tonight. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a little, I'm a little wary of a team that's just getting healthy from a, from a big, bout of dealing with COVID having to possibly play against a team that has a big question mark on is there transmission going on but there's been an abundance of caution that's the phrase right I don't think there's been an abundance of caution but um, no I understand your concerns completely Um, and and this is going to be tough both for Pittsburgh with with Crosby Crosby being out and and uh uh, but Pittsburgh has been very good at home. They've only lost mm-hmm. one of eight. And uh, but rem- as you said, I, I last week when um, so many were ready to panic uh, on, in the Flyers um, uh, uh, crew, uh, I said, look at their winning percentage. And if you look at that winning percentage now, they they've played um, other than Jersey, they played uh, fewer than than any other uh, team number of games. Uh, but they have the highest winning percentage in uh, the East Division, uh, that is the Flyers. So, um, you know, uh, Capitals are leading uh, in points, but uh, we were told to keep an eye on that winning percentage, and and Philadelphia is doing quite fine there. They are. So it'll be, uh, you know, apparently Elaine Vigneault says uh, TK feels that he wants to be in the lineup tonight, so I imagine he will play. Uh, Should say congratulations to Elaine Vigneault, Sunday's shutout picked up his 700th win as an NHL head coach. Uh, it's a that's a that's a big achievement for Elaine Vigneault. Um, I thought it was uh, really endearing. Uh, you, the camera cut to him when uh, the players started to to pile off the bench to go congratulate Carter Hart, and you saw Vigneault tap one of them on the shoulder and and kind of signal with his hands, "Can you get me the puck for me?" Um, it means a lot to Elaine Vigneault. Uh, he wanted the game puck for his 700th win, and congratulations to him for that. It's a it's a great achievement. Let's hope they can continue doing what they're doing. Um, 
As far as the Phantoms, the Phantoms have now the Phantoms are in the North Division this year uh, in in the AHL. They've been leading the North Division uh, for a good portion of the season. They had not. They only have three opponents uh, this year: Hershey, Binghamton, and the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. But they had not seen the Penguins since that one preseason game yet until this past weekend when they had a home and home Friday night and Saturday. And Friday night in Wilkes-Barre brought the Phantoms their first regulation loss of the season, and they followed that up with a home game on Saturday night uh, with an overtime loss. So. Um, kind of coming back down to reality a little bit. Um, you know, it's, I, my goodness, practically every game that the Phantoms have played this season have gone to overtime. I think there's only maybe two, two or three of the eight that they've played that have not gone to overtime. Um, so they're finding ways to get those points. Um, but this past week they had a little bit of trouble finishing those you know, and getting getting the two points that night. The Penguins have been are the first ones who've really given them some adversity in in not being able to penetrate uh, the offensive zone very deeply, not getting uh, good deep shots on net, shooting a little more from the perimeter, um, and and just couldn't find a way to to get through. Um, throw in there that Logan Day went out of the game in the second period, went down uh, awkwardly and kind of careened into the boards back first. Um, And uh, he left the game in the second period, didn't come back. So they were down to five defensemen. um, And many of them, you know, when you look at the defense core for the Phantoms, Rick, you've got Igor Zamula, Wyatt Wiley, Mason Millman, um, these are these are not, <laughs> these are very very young names. Um, some of them underagers. Um, and Scott Gordon talked about it at length. Uh, you know, not only the pressure of that it put on on those young defensemen, but also just what it takes to develop a prospect at the defensive position. Uh, and this is what he had to say. You know, probably most of these kids have dominated junior. Uh, they've all been drafted, so they they have experiences that have uh, led them to be some of their league and teams uh, better players. Um, but now you're coming to pro, and and everybody is on your level, especially when you're 18 years old. And um, the adjustment to playing against men and and uh, the pace of the play and the strength of the play. Um, sometimes you just have to cut your losses, and that's probably the hardest thing for these younger players to realize that, you know, there are instances where you, you live to fight another day just by making the smart play, whether it's up the boards, uh, flipped out into the zone, whatever it might be. And they all have different varying levels of, uh, of confidence of what they can and, and uh, not a whole lot of what they can't do. Um, but that will come with time. That's an acquired taste. And, um, We've seen it with all our defensemen. You know, you, you look at the Flyers. We went through it with uh, Travis Sandheim, Phil Myers, Robert Hag, uh, Mark Friedman, uh, Ghost for the little bit of time that he was down here uh, when I was here my first year. Um, so, you know, it's, it's part of the uh, process and uh, we expect it. And they you know, probably hear more discussions from us than any other players because, you know, outside of the goalie, they're the second to last line of defense and, uh, there's an expectation that you've, you've got to make the right play coming out of your zone because it can be in the back of your net very quickly. I, 
I will continue to say that I really enjoy how Scott Gordon breaks down the analytical side of of hockey and positions when he talks to reporters. The big thing, Rick, that jumped out to me that I love that he said in that clip um, is that players at this age, and we talk about this quite often, prospects at this age, they know a whole lot of what they can do really well. And he said, but they don't know a whole lot of what they can't do well because they're not used to not doing well. They're the top of their, you know, they're the the cream of the crop in their in their junior teams. Um, I re- I just I really thought that was interesting. He said, you know, it's an acquired taste uh, getting to learn what you don't do well. You know, many times we can't relate to high performance athletes because we may, the listeners, the fans may not have been at that level. But uh, when he said that, I was thinking about, um, you know, you you may be in your high school, you were, um, you were one of the best students, and you're cruising along and, and things weren't very difficult. Uh, everything came easy. Uh, and then you go to university, especially if you go to a good school, and if you get into a really specialized program with, with, uh, you know, limited enrollment, where it's tough. Um, that that everybody there is good. Everybody there is the best at their school. And all of a sudden you find out that uh, things that that you haven't focused on before, um, you need you need to improve. Um, you need to you need to work harder. Uh, and that's exactly what he, how he described uh, the the awakening for for some of these uh, these prospects and and is a really important part of the development process. It is. He actually then went on. It was he 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 gives fascinating interviews uh, and and he expanded on this and went even further when talking about um, the younger prospects and Igor Zamula or Z, as you'll hear him refer to him as um, and and how he tries to convey to them um, that they that they shouldn't try to do too much as young defensemen. Listen to this. You know, when you look at. um uh, Wiley and um, uh, Millman, you know, they're, they're both offensive guys. Z too. He's an offensive guy, but you know, different body types. Uh, you know, Z's got a lot of range. Um, you know, he's going to be you know, comparable to a uh, Travis Sanheim, Phil Myers type, big body reach uh, can skate. Um, and, and, you know, he's probably had the biggest adjustment because he, he, there isn't a play that he doesn't think that he can't make. And some of those plays are to cover people. And yeah, they're on the stick, but what, what can that player do with it? So, you know, finding your, your first option, I, I, I tell our, tell our defensemen all the time. I ask them who, who's uh, Tom Brady's favorite receivers. Sometimes it's tough when you're talking with a Russian player because they don't know who Tom Brady is. <laughs> um, but that being said, they, you know, everybody throws out one receiver or another, Gronkowski, uh, Edelman, whoever it might be. And uh, my response to that is it's the guy that's open. And that's a hard thing for players who think that, you know, there's got to be a little more sex appeal to all the plays that they make for it to be a, a good play. And um, the reality is it's whatever is available and what works. And, you know, you, if you're constantly making the hard plays – and that was a conversation that I had with uh, Robert Hag uh, after three quarters of his uh, second year with me. Um, he just everything was home run. He everything was standing still, and and um, when it didn't work, it was turning over, and he's deep in our zone while the puck's coming back at him. 
or he was icing it, or if it got into the offensive zone, he wasn't part of the rush, not part of the offensive zone play for a pass option or a pinch option. And, um, you know, all of a sudden you, you put together uh, two 10-foot passes, that's that's the 20 feet that you're looking for. Um, and it, it just makes the game easy and the transition quick. I honestly, I could listen to Scott Gordon break this stuff down all day. Um, it was a little bit of a longer clip, I know, but but the whole, the 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 total sum of what he said that from from trying to get them to understand that Tom Brady doesn't have a favorite receiver it's the guy who's open that's that's who he needs to hit not where's Edelman where's Gronk um and and even some of his process with Robert Hag um just understanding what he needed to get him through in in terms of seeing the game in front of him and not trying to, as he says, hit a home run with every single play. Uh, Rick, your thoughts coming out of that clip. First of all, just to to be clear that the extraneous noise you heard there was on the, the zoom call was on the, uh, (laughs) yeah, it was one of the media members, uh, not, not, uh, not us. So, um, but yeah, I, I think, um, Scott Gordon, not not only knows what the right answer is, he knows what his players' answers are going to be. He knows how um, he has enough experience uh, knowing um, how a player's uh, maybe maybe arriving at the uh, at the wrong choice, right? At the wrong decision. How did they get there? Uh, it's like show your work in math. Um, he 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 doesn't need them to 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 show. He knows what it is. He knows how they're getting to the uh, to the wrong decision, and so as such, he can explain it to them in terms that they understand. And that's that's just uh, an awful lot of coaching experience, which of course he has. He absolutely does, and uh, really really interesting breakdown from from an AHL head coach's point of view of of what it takes to develop a young defenseman. We talk about forwards a lot. We talk about goaltending a lot. Um, interesting to get that kind of spotlight on um, the way young defensemen think and and guiding them down the right path to make them an effective uh, defenseman if they're ever going to make that jump to the NHL. Uh, but speaking of forwards, uh, you know, some things that were a common factor in the Phantoms games last week were Zade Will. Zade Wisdom and Max Wellman again. Uh, these two are just producing, producing, producing. They are putting up goals and assists like you would not believe. Uh, in fact, Max Wellman uh, had two two game two goal games last week. One of which was Saturday. Uh, he has been named the CCM AHL Player of the Week. In fact, uh, he's had uh, he's currently on a four games uh, point streak. Uh, for, sorry, four-game scoring streak uh, with two two-goal games in that in that time frame. Uh, so we got a chance to speak to him Saturday night after the game, uh, and I asked him, "What are you What are you attributing this uh, offensive production success to this week?" And this is what Max had to say. I think the main thing is I'm just playing with confidence, and um, I feel good. My body feels good. I feel like I'm in good shape. Uh, I just feel like I can go out each night and. Uh, and have an impact on the game. Uh, yeah, just just playing with that confidence, like I said, I think is the the main thing. And again, you'll hear it's it's unfortunate the the Phantoms media room where these guys do all of these interviews is directly next to their family room, so you can usually hear like their kids running around. <laughs> so you're going to hear a lot of that, I think, on Zoom calls with the Phantoms this year. But um, so yeah, it, 
that that word is something Rick we talk about a lot is confidence and how important that is for for players um, and they build on that and they build momentum off of that confidence and you can hear it even in the way he answered that question just that when it when, no matter what it boils down to it boils down to confidence. Well, yeah, Wilman's an interesting guy because uh, drafted in 2014 by the the Sabers, he's 26 years old already. Mm-hmm. And has very lim- limited experience in the AHL, just 31 games. Um, so he, he spent five years uh, in the NCAA, a little bit of time in the ECHL, and it's it's now um, with with some maturity. He he's uh, he's developing some confidence, and uh, and and he's been very effective. I. Actually, you know, yes, he did. He did spend five years in the NCAA, uh, and and I asked him how much that experience. You know, we talk about that quite frequently about um, how how the NCAA prepares guys f- for that jump to pro a little differently than than going the junior hockey route. And and here's what Wilman had to say in response to that. I think uh, college is a great route. I think it prepares you, gets you stronger. You spend a little more time in the weight room uh, at college, so I think just getting ready, getting your body ready and kind of getting ready for that pro style game going up against men. It's uh, definitely, I think, an advantage for for some guys. And uh, it's definitely not for everybody, but um, it was the route for me and, and it's working. We, it's, you know, we've, we've heard that, Rick, quite often that the guys who do choose to go the route of, of NCAA, um, there are definite advantages that they, that they glean out of their time spent there. It fits a certain type of player, um, it, less game time, much more practice time, and as he said, uh, uh, time in the weight room as well. Uh, so, so time uh, to develop skills uh, rather than rather than getting game experience. It's 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 different from Canadian junior hockey, and uh, obviously fit him uh, very well. Absolutely. So congratulations to Max Wellman. He is uh, doing spectacularly this year for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and he is the CCM AHL Player of the Week. Uh, One last note in this segment, uh, a familiar name uh, announced his retirement this week, and that is former Lehigh Valley Phantoms captain Colin McDonald. Selected as an all-star uh, in three separate separate years, most recently in 2019, um, and he actually served as the captain of the Eastern Conference all-star team. All-star team that year, he he was a captain when he played in Bridgeport, a captain for Lehigh Valley Phantoms from 2015 to 2019, um, and after playing 13 professional seasons, skating in 757 regular season AHL games with a whole bunch of different teams <laughs> that I won't list. Um, Colin McDonald did announce his retirement on Saturday. Um, he says, quote, I'm hesitant to even say retired because that's honestly not how I feel. Uh, everything the game has taught me, everything I have learned that makes me who I am, I'm simply applying to my next job. So we'll be excited to see what Colin McDonald has in store for that next job. Good luck to him. Absolutely. Uh, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to go around the AHL and let you know who the AHL monthly award winners are for February. We've got a, a pretty fun story for you out of the Henderson Silver Knights and a really, really great special feel-good finale. You don't want to miss it. Don't go anywhere. 
For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com the Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back once again to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined once again by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, And, uh, you know, in this past segment, we did talk about the Philadelphia Flyers and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Don't want to forget to let you folks know that uh, if you want to follow our Flyers and Phantoms coverage, we have a special Twitter account just for you. Uh, So make sure you're following at the Flyers Report. So the three big ones. At the Press Zone to follow this podcast, at the AHL Report, and at the Flyers Report. Of course, you'll also find Rick at All Habs and myself at Flyers Roll if you just want to round out the whole, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, you know? Uh (laughs) Uh, In this segment, we go around the AHL and uh, we mentioned that Max Willman was the CCM AHL player of the week, and we were able to bump him up to that second segment because uh, it's March, believe it or not, which means that the AHL has announced their award winners for the month of February. Um, And Rick, we've got the AHL player of the month is Chicago Wolves um, forward Rem Pitlick. The a, excuse me, CCM AHL Rookie of the Month is San Diego Gulls defenseman Jamie Drysdale, and the goaltender of the month is the Henderson Silver Knights' Logan Thompson. Um, some familiar names in there. 
some familiar names in there. Well, Jamie Drysdale from uh, the most recent draft, and mm. um, and what a what a great month, what a great start to to uh, to his career. My goodness, um, nine points in eleven games already. Rem Pitlick um, uh, with teammate uh, Seth Jarvis, also a rookie, also uh, from the the last draft. Both Chicago Wolves at the top of the the scoring parade mm-hmm. for the American Hockey League. And interestingly enough, um, uh, when you look at that that front page um, of uh, the 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 leaders, the AHL leaders, and Dylan Ferguson for for goaltending, you mentioned him. But if you look at that uh, for goals against average, and and it caught my eye for goal goaltenders you have pictures <laughs> yeah. of the goals against average leaders and the save percentage leaders and you have and it's it's it, it partly they don't they don't have a minimum number of games so you get guys who've had a tremendous you know one game um that's right start in there but you have zach fukali mm-hmm. uh now with hershey you have michael mcniven mm-hmm. uh with a rocket and you have keith Kincaid <laughs> in that group, really, with a whopping nine sixty two save percentage for wow. uh, dear old Keith. Yeah, how many games? Uh, well, just one. But okay, Zach Same. Zach Fucali nine eighty two save percentage. He had a pretty ch- uh, well. That's just it, right? Le- the, and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms will be playing Hershey twice this week. Uh, Fucali is down with Hershey. Um, so uh, hopefully we might be able to catch up with him uh, at some point in a post game against the Phantoms uh, this week. But seems to be uh, seems to be doing pretty well so far for himself there in Hershey. And of course McNiven has only gotten in for one game for Laval. So <laughs> somebody who's got in for eight games yeah. on the uh, on the forward side on the skaters side. And his fourth in AHL scoring mm-hmm. for the Iowa Wild is uh, another familiar face, and that is Gabrielle Dumont. Gabrielle Dumont. Tearing it up out there. Pretty good. Ten points, yeah. So those are your AHL award winners for February. Rem Pitlick, Jamie Drysdale, and Logan Thompson. Congratulations to all of you. Um, and so that... Um, of course, brings us to our next, it's funny, uh, the goaltender of the month happened to be from the Henderson Silver Knights. I'm going to say that this little news tidbit that we're going to give you is a preview because um, I, it's, I, we're going to get this guy uh, on the show for uh, an interview because I think it's going to be quite entertaining and I have a million questions. Um, you know, we talk about how Obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights have the in-arena entertainment category locked up for now till forever. Um, it's just, I mean, when you are the one of the biggest entertainment capitals of the world with gigantic, big production shows and, and so forth, it's, it's just a natural fit. And Rick, I remember you saying when, when the news came out last year that uh, Vegas had had acquired the rights uh, for the San Antonio Rampage in the AHL and was moving the franchise to um, Henderson, just outside of Las Vegas, to be the Golden Knights AHL affiliate. One of your first questions, one of your first comments was, oh, I bet their AHL entertainment's going to be just as good. And it seems like they're already on the way. Um, Just had to share this delightful story. Um, you know, 
they haven't been able to have fans in the arena yet. So it's, you know, for the entertainment crew, that's a little challenging. But uh, there's a character who's already being developed week to week. Um, and I think he's going to end up being a pretty big deal uh, in AHL entertainment. Uh, his name is Mark, Mark Roberts. He's no... Um, stranger to the world of entertainment and performance art. Uh, he has spent 20 years performing as part of Blue Man Group. And okay. I don't think that needs any introduction, no. Will. Um, he now has a role with the Henderson Silver Knights, and his name is Harold, not Harold, but he is Harold, the Henderson Town Crier. And it's funny, he, he auditioned to be the in-arena host. He didn't get that position, but the folks who he auditioned for said, but we love your personality, we love your improbability, we love your comedic style, so we want to find a, a way to fit you in without you being the in-arena host. And so this character has come about. Every time a goal is scored, he runs down the lower bowl stairs with a gigantic old-fashioned herald's trumpeter trumpet that's as tall as he is takes his mask off and very loudly blows on this long trumpet and not always very well he hasn't played the trumpet since he was in seventh grade um and then announces in a very fake british voice that uh sir whoever let's say it's sir rick stevens sir rick stevens has scored a goal for House Henderson. And it's... Which would be an event from the crease, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. That's right. Um, it is absolutely delight. I, I have a million questions. I think the character... He's already... He's, Rick, it seems that he's developing this character game to game as he goes. He's adding things to it. It changes every time there's a goal announcement. He's, he's developing this character... Um, game to game to game. I've got a million questions about that, but the fact that he has 20 years of experience with Blue Man Group um, brings a whole new element to it, and I just think it's, it's a fascinating story, and I bet he's a pretty fascinating guy. Well, it's great because uh, the Blue Man Group, percussion, and known for their precision, and from what we've seen, precision is anything but what he does in this role. Yeah. Um, he, he does the little trumpet flourish, and... Uh, and then puts on his town crier voice and and tremendous and and Vegas is is the best at this because they have that that roster of talent to, to draw on and and here's a perfect example um, and 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 what a great role you know you have the medieval knight that we saw in the um, uh, the outdoor game mm -hmm. uh, for the golden knights and and this this just follows right along with that. Uh, you had the the uh, HBO series Rome, which was one of my favorites, and one of my favorite characters was the newsreader, <laughs> That's right. who was tremendous. And and if this is anything like that at all, uh, it'll be it'll be ideal. And and what a great job! Very creative, mm. and um, I I like that. You know, we've always uh, we've always uh, tapped into good people and then figured out what they were going to do in Rocket Sports, and and it seems like. That, uh, that that Henderson did exactly yes. the same thing in this regard. I think so too. I think they realized that they had something and didn't want to let him go, even though they couldn't give him the position he was auditioning for. Um, 
And so I think this is going to be a great fit. I, li- I like that analogy that you just had. So I, I, we're going to try to get him on the show. I think he would be very entertaining. Um, I have, you know, there's, I'm a band geek at heart. Uh, I also have played the trumpet and did percussion. So there's like, a, there, there's just so many avenues that we can go down. It might be a pretty, it might be a pretty good interview, I think. Um, so we're going to try to get him on the show and, uh. We'll get him to announce. We'll get him to do some official Herald, the Henderson Town Crier, criering for us, perhaps, right here on the show. Um, Before we get to the feel-good finale, just want to remind you again uh, to subscribe to the show. You'd never want to miss an episode. Uh, That interview is going to be coming up. We've got a few other interviews, both in the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers organization that are in the works that you're not going to want to miss. So uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on right now, make sure you've hit that subscribe button so that you don't uh, and also make sure you turn your notifications on for the show so that you don't ever miss an episode. Uh, if you're if you're listening to the podcast in the player on the website, uh, there's a subscribe button right there in the player uh, in the article. So just hit that subscribe button. Uh, you don't ever want to miss an episode of this or Canadians Connection, which is our other uh, sister podcast hosted by Rick and Joe Whalen on Saturdays. Having said that, uh, yes, we can't leave you without something uplifting to to carry you on for the rest of the week. So our feel-good finale this week uh, is pretty special. You, uh, Rick, you actually first told me about this uh, this gentleman uh, a couple of, a few years ago. Uh, you had some very uh, charming memories of him, and uh, he's found his way back into the news again. This guy never fails to make me smile. Every time I've seen him in person or in, on TV, uh, I always, he puts a smile on my face. And if, if um, you've heard me talk about the time I spent in Winnipeg and, mm-hmm. and the fondness I had for uh, Winnipeg sports, uh, and if you've been to any uh, Winnipeg pro sports, you've seen this guy. His name is Dancing Gabe. At least that's his, that's his nickname, Dancing <laughs> Gabe. And, and um, this goes back years. Uh, the first edition of the, the uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, you saw Dancing Gabe um, there, uh, or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And I give him credit for, uh, for dan- that's a cold stadium to, to, to dance in. Uh, Dancing Gabe, um, even I saw him at a Winnipeg Gold Eyes game um, years back. Um, so he, he has been volunteering, uh, for many, many years. I'm told it's 35 years he's been doing that. He volunteered at, at, uh, YMCA and volunteers for pro sports. Um, and, uh, for the Jets games, you see him, uh, come down the stairs and, and during the breaks and, and whatever music's playing and he's got his dancing Gabe Jets jersey on and he, he uh, he dances not always so well, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't he's, matter. he's he's got a big a smile, big smile on his face, um, and uh, he's just an absolute delightful, delightful person. His name is Gabriel Langua, um, and uh, about a week ago on the twenty third of February, uh, Red River Community College uh, awarded. Gabriel Lingua with an honorary uh, degree uh, in their winter convocation ceremony. Uh, he got a diploma in community development. Um, hmm. And if there was uh, 
any better, if there is a better example of community development, I don't know it because he's, he's the guy, um, who, who brings the community together. And, um, the, uh, the CEO of, of Red River said, if you look at the honorary diploma that he's receiving in community community development, it embodies what the program is trying to accomplish. It's about building communities and embedding community spirit in what we do, bringing people together. He really lives those values. Um, and, and he, and he does, um, uh, when asked about it, uh, Danson Gabe said, uh, it's an honor and, um, it made his day. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he's sure that it, it made his late mom and dad proud. Aww. Um, his sister, uh, Claudette said, uh, that she's very proud of him. Um, and, uh, she just liked the fact that he, he went down to, to Red River. He, he got the, the diploma, he got the pictures taken. Um, he had a cap and gown, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He looked terrific. Um, and then in the clip I saw, he had, uh, you know, he was, he was very formal in the cap and gown holding mm-hmm. his diploma and then he couldn't resist by doing a little dance and a, a twirl <laughs> at the end. Um, terrific guy, uh, brings spirit to the, to the, uh, to the arena every time you see him, uh, a, a, a sports loving guy, uh, and he just loves people, uh, and making people happy. And those are the kinds of stories we love to hear about here on the Press Zone. And they're the kinds of stories that we love to bring to you. Uh, And so we certainly hope that you enjoyed uh, this week's episode of the Press Zone. Chock full of information. We're so glad that you were here with us. But you can guarantee uh, that we'll have another great episode lined up for you next Tuesday uh, with uh, chock full of more hockey information. We'll see what happens uh, coming up in this week. We'll be sure to keep you apprised of all the latest and uh, we just appreciate you being here every week. So we will see you next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.